0: Life with Mags. Welcome back to Life with Mag. I'm here with my friend Almira today. How are you, Almira? I'm good, Maggie. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I just thought I would introduce Almira and how we know each other. So we know each other from dance, actually. Um, uh-huh. I think you were one of the first people I met in the dance industry after i moved to sydney but i was thinking about this i can't actually remember how or where we
1: met do you remember because i am the biggest cheerleader in the room i saw you at a kizomba party you were dancing at <laughs> front i'm like fuck my life this girl is awesome and i approached <laughs> you i was like who are you i've never seen you before but you're awesome and that's how we kind of met each other
0: oh i do remember I was sitting down and you sat down next to me and you just started talking and I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is so nice. Who is she? Oh my God. You're probably like, who is this weird person talking to me? So yeah, that's how we met. Almira is a dancer as well. But um, do you want to give us a little background on what else you do besides dance?
1: Of course. Um, Well, I'm not a dancer or dance teacher. I wouldn't call myself that. I love dancing. And um, that's kind of, you know, one of my hobbies, I would say, makes me feel free, makes me feel happy, how I express myself. I love it. But, you know, I wouldn't introduce myself as, hey, I'm Almira, I'm a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think right. I'm there yet, you know. Yeah. What I do do is I am a mindset and business coach for what I call passionpreneurs. In saying that, I mean people who want to monetize their passion or scale their passion business. And I am your coach.
0: She is. <laughs> yes. She
1: is amazing. Best coach ever. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I really want to stress on the fact that I brand myself as a mindset and business coach. And I want to give you guys the reason, right? Mm -hmm. The reason I brand myself that way and that's what I do is because I've purchased programs before of starting a business, how to be a coach, how to do this, how to do that. But these programs didn't help me much. I knew what I had to do, but I just couldn't do it. There was something stopping me, right? And I didn't know what it was. And now that I've into my growth, personal growth and business growth, I've realized, you know, after my coaching course, that what was holding me back was the mindset element, right? Imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome, if I'm good enough, if I'm worthy of success, hundreds of hundreds of emotional and mindset blocks. And that's why I stress on the mindset because a lot of people think that it's the strategy they're missing with starting a business. That's simply untrue. When you get the mindset part right, the strategy is actually very easy to come up with or to find. And that's what I do exactly in my program that you're in, right, Maggie? We do mindset Yeah. we do strategy. It's a combination of both and that's how I hope people get moving with your business? Just doing your course, it has been
0: life changing. (laughs) And
1: and it's exactly like you said, you think
0: it's just the strategy. Like I've been doing that, like working on stuff and starting new projects and having a strategy that doesn't work when your mindset, you're still having doubts and your mindset still isn't the best. So she's incredible. That's what she does. And that goes into the topic that we're going to be talking about today as well. So we're going to be talking about being a rule breaker in the creative industry. We'll explain what we mean by that in a little bit. But before we start, something I always do is called highs and lows. It's a little reflection exercise. You love this. You love mindset stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So we just say one high and one low. It can be like from the week, from the month, from the year, in life in general, whatever you want. Um, So I can go first. So This week, my high was, well, I'll say my low first. So my low was not sleeping, really. Mm -hmm. But my high was getting literally everything done that I have needed to do, meeting every single deadline and being super productive this week. Obviously, it would be better, you know, sleep is a priority. But I've done so much and I actually do still have a lot of energy. So it's been a great week. That's my high, my low. How about you? How about you?
1: My high, oh my God, my high was when two of my clients came out of their shell of hiding after one year of not showing up on social media. Both of them posted on the same day and their posts were both amazing. And I was just like, I'm not even joking when I say this. I was literally teary and I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I am so proud. I am just so proud. So that was my biggest high.
0: Yeah, I saw that I'm friends with these people, too. And I'm so excited to see what they do. It's such a it's like you feel so excited for them. Like, I'm not even their coach. And I was like, yes, they're doing it. <laughs> but there is still today and the weekend. So I know we're going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we get into the topic? So Amira already kind of explained that Um, she's, you know, a mindset and business coach and it's interesting because she actually didn't say... She was telling me before we started this that she was like, well, I'm not a creative, so we can just talk about you. But you create content for a living now. <laughs> Which <laughs> I pointed out is a creative. As you were just talking about your low, I didn't get to create my content. So I think you're definitely a creative. Um, and there's a bunch of different types. You know, dancers, singers, artists, graphic designers anyone who's creating something and I think these unspoken rules kind of apply to everyone it's kind of like anyone who's creating something and isn't in like your typical you know nine to five office job which you're definitely
1: not. Mm. I would more label myself as like an educator like coaching kind of more goes into that you know Mm -hmm. um i am a creative person i'm very very creative i love my creative side but if we were to label us each other (laughs) i wouldn't be creative (laughs) but i definitely have the creative side in me if that makes sense
0: yeah, definitely. So I guess I'll give some background on myself now since Almira has told you who she is. So I mean most of you probably know me by now. I actually had a conversation with Elmira about this in one of her coaching calls i had a bunch of limiting beliefs and self-doubts and i think that's something that all creatives struggle with so that's the main thing that we wanted to talk about
1: yes it is but it's also where these limiting beliefs and doubts came from right because your doubts and limiting beliefs you didn't born with them when you were a baby you were like fucking unstoppable you were like i'm gonna take (laughs) over the world i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that as a baby right we have so much energy and we're like a white piece of paper But all Mm -hmm. these doubts and limiting beliefs and, you know, unspoken rules, they kind of picked them up as we were growing up from the people around us, like our families, you know, our surroundings, our friends, the community, the society.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we're here to talk about both. Yeah. So my issues were that I, or my limiting beliefs were basically that I felt like, and I had heard this A lot in the dance industry um, and seeing different people talking about this, like I would see teachers posting about dancers that were, you know, younger, like still in their teens, were kind of like rushing and skipping ahead and trying to already teach when they didn't have the experience or the knowledge and basically saying like you don't have anything of value to offer yet like you have to still like you're still training you know you need to still train yourself and be better that was why i only taught one class in sydney the whole two years that i've been here and i was there yeah she was there i literally was terrified to do that class and i never did another one after that because i didn't want to be that person I never wanted to be that person that, uh, that my other teachers would talk about and be like, what is she doing? Who does she think she is? Like, she's not ready. Mm. And that was what me and Almira talked about. Almira, what do you think? What did you tell me?
1: Oof, 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 oof. I've got so much to say. So <clears throat> everybody get ready. <laughs> now, you can be a masterpiece and a work in progress both at the same time. Mm-hmm. I am not the most knowledgeable coach out there. There are people that have been coaching for 3, 5, 10, 20 years. But if I let that hold, myse- held my- hold myself back, I wouldn't be coaching anyone right now. And everybody that I'm impacting would be missing out on what I have to offer them as well. I, am, so I still have a long way to go. With my coaching education, right? The learning never Mm -hmm. stops. And dancing is the same thing. There's always so much more for you to learn. Who said that you can't learn and teach at the same time? Like, I'm not saying go take one class and be a teacher, right? That's not what you want to do. That's not what these teachers out there or potential new dance teachers want to do because you're ethical people. The fact that you're thinking about am I qualified enough to teach people means that you're ethical you don't mm-hmm. want to lie about what you can do or you don't want to lie about what you can provide right right so that already means that you're not going to be one of those unethical teachers that's promising stuff they can't do and that that brings me back to the second piece i want to say which is you don't have to teach everything when you first get started right like for example if you want to become a let's say afro teacher you don't have to tell people or advertise yourself as, oh, I was trained in Africa for 20 years and I'm going to make you a professional Afro dancer. You mm-hmm. can start off with, I was trained in A, B and C, be, qual- be honest with your qualifications for your trainings and maybe you can teach beginners. And yeah. when you niche down to teaching one particular stage, you can actually scale and grow your business much quicker. And coming back to that rule we were talking about, you know, by the teachers and by everybody else. Why don't we question that? Like, who set the rules? Who set the oh, rules, Maggie? Definitely. No one did. <laughs> mm, no one did, yeah. right? Now, the thing is, you will get hate if you were to break out of these unspoken rules. But you will only get hate from the people that never questioned the rules. Let mm-hmm. me explain. So if, let's say, another dancer... Live their whole life believing and following these unspoken rules. They're like, I need to train 10 years, and they trained 10 years, and they're like, I need to charge $20 for a class for the rest of my life. And they followed these rules. And then they see someone like Maggie coming into the industry, and she's like, Yep, I'm gonna teach now, and I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna innovate. They're gonna be like, Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And the reason they would think that is not because they think little of you, but it's a reflection of how much they've been holding themselves back they will look at it and be like oh my god this new girl is questioning the rules and she is trying something new when I spent my entire lifetime following these rules without questioning them blindly oh definitely and that's what pissed them off and
0: I think too that it comes from exactly like you said it comes from like their training and their backgrounds and and everything and so like a lot of these teachers um are coming from Really, honestly, just like abusive training, (laughs) Um, Mm. especially in South Africa, like teachers will absolutely break your soul, like just yell at you, tell you like your shit, you need to fix this, this and this, you're never going to make it. And so even though like my teachers now they're wonderful people, they've had that. They're coming from that. And, you Mm. know, they're saying, I literally went through hell and back for the past 20 years of my life. And I was still told I was shit. And then I had to work twice as hard to go and teach. And now these kids, they have nice teachers who help them out. They do that for a few years. And then they come into the industry and take over. So I think it is also like a lot has a lot is changing. Mm positive change having happening in the dance industry and the way that people are teaching and i think that a lot of people who come from that generation of just like really like intense honestly abusive um teaching styles are just kind of i guess yeah they're envious of you know how it is now and like me not having i mean i was i experienced that kind of abuse too so Mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not excluded from that but i think you have to choose whether you're going to kind of stay in that pattern or support the people who are trying to change that toxic behavior that was the thing i didn't understand is like why my teachers are not seeing that we're trying to do something
1: you know better
0: and then mm. so that other kids don't have to deal with the stuff that they went through
1: yeah so if enough people rise up we can change it right like Creatives make up the creative industry. Like if everybody was to hide in their bedroom and be like, I can't teach, these Mm -hmm. rules will stay there forever. But if we have enough people that say, enough is enough, we don't have to go through abuse to do this. We don't have to retrain 20 years. If I have a gift, if I have a skill, I can help people experience the joy and confidence that comes with dancing. Mm -hmm. Why not? If enough people rise up, we can take over the world. We can take over the stupid rules that were set for why, who knows, you know, who knows who, literally. (laughs) Exactly. And And can I just add another piece in there? mm -hmm. I think another mindset piece there is also abundance mindset. Right. I think because creatives were told since they were literally a baby, they can't make money in the creative industry. It's not profitable. It's not this, it's not that. They've Mm -hmm. got this scarcity around how much money they can make. Or um, the fact that they need to be really protective of their industry so the industry doesn't get too saturated and they start making less money. Do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've got 10 dance teachers and you split the population, you make more than if you had 100 teachers, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's their thinking. But that's scarcity. There is 7 billion people, almost 8 billion people right now in the world there is yeah. room for everybody to shine. Literally every single person, there is room for us to shine. We don't need to take that scarcity in and be like, no, I have to ha- hang on so tight to my followers, to my audience, to my students, so they don't go elsewhere. Because first of all, your students will sense that. They can smell it from a mile away if you come from a place of you know desperate energy. Right. Secondly, People are not here to steal your clients or students. There are other people we can, you know, put ourselves in front of to teach, you know, to kind of reach out to. To be honest, almost every single person I know loves dancing. Yeah. Why are we not tapping into that? I think it also comes from the lack of marketing knowledge from teachers as well, right? Yeah. So with marketing, there is something called problem awareness. Most Teachers, they focus on the 5% of the people that are aware of their problem and looking at a solution. I, I want to learn dancing, that's the problem, and I'm going to go look for a teacher. That's the 5 mm-hmm. they focus on. But there are 95% of the people who are either problem aware but not buying just yet or not aware of the problem which you can make aware of. What I mean by that is the people that are not yet taking dance classes but could be interested but they're not actively shopping But you can still get in front of them and show them your talent, inspire them, educate them and turn them into students or clients. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that also ties into like thinking that, you know, you're not targeting those other people, that that's not your audience. And something that you said earlier where you said there's room for all of us to shine. I think Mm. it ties into another really common Like limiting belief that a lot of creatives had that was one of my main beliefs from the things I was told which is that exactly like you said the market is too saturated and I don't have anything of value to share like I I'm not as good as those other teachers you know there's a billion people already doing exactly what I'm doing and they're doing it better than I ever could and so why even bother and that just goes into something that I was going to say exactly like you said there's room for all of us to shine there is room oh. for all creatives at the top and the reason that something that you always say you're going to be a proud coach is that if ton of people already doing it it wouldn't be working the reason that it's a good thing to do is because there's a ton of people already doing it you know there's profit to be made there and also as a dancer just to like make it even more specific nobody dances the way that you do me and almira can do the exact same routine but Almira's never going to look like me and i'm never going to look like almira everybody you know has their own spice their own way of doing things and that is what makes dancers unique and why everyone is so enjoyable and different to look at and even if you're doing the same choreography the same challenge It's never going to look the same as someone else. And you always have something to offer, something valuable, something that other people maybe won't notice, a different way to play with musicality. So I just wanted to kind of go into that because I think dancers really struggle with that, especially because it's such a competitive industry. It's really, really, really competitive. And... I think that's another thing to change in the future and make it more collaborative.
1: Oh my God, Maggie, I'm literally smiling on my desk right now listening to you. I'm (laughs) so proud. Everything you've mentioned, I feel like I've drilled them into you. Now they just come (laughs) out of your mouth like it's nature and I'm so (laughs) fucking proud of you. Yeah, exactly like you said. If there wasn't demand, if there wasn't profit, nobody would be doing it, you know? If you Mm -hmm. come up with an idea that nobody has done, maybe that's a problem because you're not the only person that came up with the idea. So half of the population that came up with the same idea, first, they either didn't have the guts to go with it. Secondly, maybe they have tried and it didn't work. So it's actually not all a bad thing that the market is saturated. Exactly everything you said, oh my God, hats down. Hats off or hats down? I don't even know how to say that. Saying, I think it's hats off, but either way. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hats off to you. And yes, in terms of competition, I've got a piece to add there. Mm-hmm. Competition actually comes from a Latin saying and the saying goes something like conspire to be better together. Competition is not all bad. You know, like when you are well there's healthy competition and unhealthy competition right and if you go into if you become competitive that's when it kind of looks like collaboration where you're literally helping each other to grow you're like oh my god look Mm -hmm. at how much i've grown in my dancing or in my business and someone else is like oh my god that's inspiring me i'm going to try and do better but it doesn't come from a place of you know i want to be better than you but it's more like you're inspiring me and i'm going to be better than who i was yesterday
0: yeah I think I'm starting to that's what I want to kind of cultivate that energy and I'm starting to see that in the Sydney dance scene there's um there's a bunch of just like really amazing creatives and artists who are collaborating and will do workshops together and organize huge events and then like everybody just helps each other out and it's so much fun as well but unfortunately I'm still also seeing a lot of unhealthy competition um in the same place (laughs) yeah so yeah I think it's definitely like to just keep moving in the right direction and hopefully like those other people will realize that it's actually not serving them to try to to be in that place where they're competing against everyone they're just setting themselves up for a lot more struggle um, to get to where they want to be instead of if they were collaborating with everybody and they would get there twice as fast and have a lot more fun it's just healthier like mentally and for everybody for the students as well like people can tell i've seen so many students come from toxic environments and they weren't even really sure why they left that studio but they were like oh yeah i just didn't like the vibe or this or that and the energy just really got to them like you can tell that's like my biggest goal I have so many ideas. I was telling Amira last night. I had like an epiphany last night. And my biggest goal is like to make a course where it's really collaborative. Yeah, where it
1: just brings a lot of different artists in together. I love that. Once one, what is the saying? One wise man once said, if you want to change the world, start with yourself, right? I understand that there's so much unhealthy competition out there. But what can you do? How can you play your part to change that? first is oh, by definitely. collaborating yourself which is what you're doing already and secondly is hang out with these people that are collaborating mm-hmm. and just you know don't even pay attention to the people that are in the competitive space and after a while like you said they're going to be looking at you and be like oh my god there is another way of doing things maybe mm-hmm. i should look at that if not they can be in their little corner in their dark energy and think that everybody else hates me. I hate everybody else. I need to put up a wall and live in my own little world because there's not enough teachers. Sorry. There's not enough students. There's not enough money. Um, and I need to protect myself. They can live in that victim mindset for the rest of their life, or they can choose to collaborate with you and everybody else in your circle that are already collaborating.
0: Oh, definitely. And exactly like you said, I just want to emphasize that if you are in a toxic environment, or if you're not sure, but you just feel like maybe there's some kind of unnecessary pressure. That's kind of the biggest way I think you can tell if like the environment is toxic, if you feel pressured for some reason, and you're not really sure why, or like, if you feel like there's this weird bubble, and like, you're not really supposed to go and dance other places. Those are red flags. So if you mm. feel like that, leave. Just leave. Like remove yourself because there are so many other, you know, options out there. And that's something that I didn't realize soon enough. And I stayed in those environments for a long time because I just thought like this is how it is. Um,
1: mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of breaking rules, uh, it just reminded of reminded me of the conversation we were having yesterday, and you were like in the group coaching call, and you were like, how am I going to make this much money if I'm charging 20 bucks for an hour of my time, right? What are you selling vegetables? Why are you charging $20 (laughs) for an hour session and every single sale you make out there is $20. Like, how many people and how many times do you have to sell your service to in order to make a decent income? That's just like training, you will get burnt out without even realizing, I know that's the traditional model. People are like, you know, here's my class, pay 30 bucks or 20 bucks and you can come for the ses- session. That's mm-hmm. another unspoken rule that we've set right. for I don't know where. Time to put your business hat on and be like, how can I provide more value and sell something that's at a higher cost so I have to sell it less times and still generate similar amount of income? But mm-hmm. the key word that I want to emphasize is value. You can't be charging people you know thousands of dollars or five hundred dollars if the value doesn't match but the question will be how will you make that value and that's something i can help you with right yeah. and you know not going to go into it here i would love to but it's like a three-hour conversation <laughs> but also like expand your mind like the rule of I can only sell one single class at a time is such a deep-rooted limiting belief that people don't even realize. They just think it is what it is. It is not yep. what it is. You can change <laughs> it. Be innovative, you know, put on your business hat and think just because that's, all, that's been the way it's always been doesn't mean it has to be for the next 5, 20, 30 years, you know. You can change that. Be the mm. change maker. Definitely. I
0: love how she talks, guys. You can tell she's an Aries. She's like, people like, think it's this?
1: That is not what it is." Red flag. Yes. <laughs> Remember my my timeout? Hence, always I'm like, "No, no, no! Stop right here." We yeah. Continuing yeah. this conversation.
0: <laughs> she's always just like, as soon as limiting, or as soon as any word comes out of my mouth that's even slightly problematic, she's like, "Timeout."
1: Nope. Sorry. We're gonna run it back. That was. Wrong. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like we don't yeah. have time. Energy to entertain these limiting beliefs anymore. Like where you spend your energy is so important, right? Like if you live in the world of limiting beliefs, that's where all your energy is gonna go, and that's where you're gonna stay. But if you catch yourself early and divert your energy and attention to a more empowering belief, then you know you start seeing opportunities rather than you know all the problems. Oh, definitely, and it's so important to question the rules. And you know what, Maggie. You know what, Maggie? Just speaking of like questioning the rules, right? Let me just say this. If people didn't start questioning the rules, we will still be living in a homophobic, racist, and misogynist world. Like, literally. The rules we've been fed is women belong in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, there are only two genders. You have to be attracted to the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. White people are superior than other races. These Mm -hmm. stupid rules people as a collective we question them and now we live in a better world and Mm -hmm. you need to use that logic to everything you can't pick and choose you can't say i'm gonna question this set of rules but the rest i'm just gonna stay in my shelf no question everything you've got that um critical thinking in you already Mm -hmm. why not use that yeah exactly apply it to everything it's so funny
0: how like, people know me, I am literally out here screaming from the rooftops about most of those issues that you just mentioned. But Mm. I would have never thought to be like, you know, why is the dance industry this way? I think I'm just gonna do the same thing that everybody else is doing, which is so crazy. Like me of all people. I didn't Mm. even I didn't even think of that. So it's really interesting. Like, yeah, you have to really start applying this to every single thing you do
1: one thing I ask myself all the time not even with work or creative like let's forget about business for a second like every day I question everything it sounds mm-hmm. funny but like for example like if I wanted uh, I don't know a million dollar mention I will look at myself and be like why do I want it mm-hmm. who told me I should want a million dollar mention I do want a million dollar mention I want it If I want it, I will go and fucking work for it. But if I want it because society told me I should want it, I would be like, do I want to follow that? And Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about a mansion in particular, right? Just everything and anything. Like who told you you want to be in a relationship? You should be in a relationship. Who told you you should have kids? Do you actually want kids? If you want it, go for gold. I want kids. But a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't question that because that's something they're supposed to do. So every day, I invite you to question maybe one thing. Start off with one thing. When you have a thought in your head, I need to do this or I want that, ask yourself, what makes me think that I want this? Is it coming from my heart or is it coming from the society? And make a decision based on that.
0: And so my question for you is what would your advice be for anyone who's currently struggling with these types of really limiting beliefs and trying to And learning how to question those things
1: my first advice will be working on your awareness like you know the example we've just given about questioning the rules literally just start having conversations with yourself like we always have thoughts right like you can't control your brain your brain comes up with thoughts every single moment of the day the first step will be literally sitting down there and looking at your thoughts as an observer and be like okay but why Mm -hmm. Do I want it? Do I not? Is it serving me? So instead of embodying these thoughts straight away and acting on these thoughts, question these thoughts first as an observer, as if you were literally like removed from your body and you're looking at your brain with all these thoughts, right? You come Mm -hmm. out of that and you question it because awareness is the first step. And once you have identify these limiting beliefs then I would strongly suggest you know working with a coach <laughs> surprise <laughs> surprise and I don't mean me only you know I mean like I said I live and breathe abundance mindset mm-hmm. I think I am not the coach for everybody and that's fine with me with a coach, you have to have an intimate relationship with this person, right? This is something I tell you all the time, Maggie, when, when we're in our session. You have to come from the heart space, not the head space. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be mm-hmm. willing to open up. And in order to do that, you really have to vibe with the coach. And I understand not everybody is going to be vibing with me, and that's fine. But there are millions of coaches out there. Yeah. That you can find someone you can vibe with because the investment you can make in yourself is literally the best investment. Like I speak to a lot of people and this is one of you, like this is one of your beliefs that you had as well. You're like, I want to save money. Saving money is great if you have a particular goal, but if you save all your money, you're literally losing value because mm-hmm. of the um what is it what's the word called? Um fluctuation, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just had a yeah. mind black. Like what I'm trying to say is what ten dollars can buy today is not gonna be the same as what ten dollars can buy after three years. Right. The value of your money, yeah, saturation, whatever it's called, the money the value of the money you have in the bank is decreasing. So saving money is not the way to wealth, really. And when you save money, what do you think the bank does with your money? Do you think they have like a huge warehouse in some alien planet that saves all the cash? Of course not. <laughs> they take money from you, they go and invest it, and they give you like 1% of the profit as interest, and you know they make the rest of the money. So instead of saving all your money, looking at investing, You know investing in stocks real estate whatever it is but the first step will be investing in yourself because it's the best investment you can make Oh, because once you work on your mindset that's it like the sky is not the limit right like Mm -hmm. oh my god i don't even have to say anything maggie because i know you're like the living breathing example (laughs) of this so i'm just gonna (laughs) stop right now
0: (laughs) there is no limit guys literally you can do as much as your imagination. Guys, I'm just spitting out all of Almira's catchphrases. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's the thing, Maggie, because we were never taught to question these limiting beliefs. Our imagination is not good enough. Like, mm-hmm. who imagines themselves waking up in the middle of, you know, a beautiful island and still making money and doing what they love? You don't imagine that. What you imagine is either working your ass off and making money or, you know, being broke on the street, being a dancer, because that's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like literally. Oh, definitely. I remember I spoke to this dancer who is amazing, by the way, uh, Mm -hmm. about her goals, right? And then she was like, I just want to make enough. And I'm like, that's sad. That's really sad. Like, I can't help you. Enough is not good enough. Like, we've been taught enough is okay. You know, we keep living on survival mode. Mm-hmm. Why? Let's move from survival to thrive. You know, we can all thrive. And the first step is expanded imagination.
0: Yes, I'm just snapping at everything she says. I love it. <laughs> Look, I can go think... on about
1: this topic forever. I'm so passionate.
0: Me too. I love it. I think that's a perfect note to end this episode on. We can all Mm -hmm. thrive, moral of the story. And Almira is the best coach ever. I will leave her information below (laughs) (laughs) for anyone who is interested. But we're going to quickly wrap it up with another gratitude exercise. So we're just going to say three things that we're grateful for really quickly. I'll go first. So mine are summer, warm weather. Winter makes me want to die. Oh, my gosh. And supportive friends like yourself and coffee because without coffee i would not be alive this week
1: (laughs) i love that i love that uh what am i grateful for first of all i'm grateful for the first um sneak peek of freedom i guess it's a friend's birthday and we're gonna have our first picnic this weekend so i'm really grateful for that the second thing is my beautiful house that I recently redecorated woke up this morning I was like oh my god this is so beautiful so I'm grateful for that and yes. thirdly I am grateful for the amazing people that I've got around me including yourself Maggie because our surrounding is everything right and mm-hmm. yeah I just love I just love everybody around me right now <laughs> and oh my god it's just epic it is it's such a game
0: changer who you mm. self yourself with I love yeah. that that's so good All right, well,
1: that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. As you know, I am very known for going on grants for hours and hours. So (laughs) I'm so glad you kind of wrapped this up right now because I could have gone on for another three hours.
0: (laughs) Oh, so could I. It's been a learning experience. My first two episodes, people will notice, were significantly longer than this one. So... Mm. We're getting better. Um, but yeah, that is it for this episode. If you guys enjoyed it and found it helpful, leave me a review or you can send me a message with your review and I'm going to read them out in the next episode. I'm going to start reading out the reviews that we get at the end of the episode. So if you want to send it to me, my Instagram is in the description and I'll put Almira's there as well and yeah thank you guys for listening I hope you have the best week ever and I'll talk to you in the next episode bye everybody